you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is Friday, my favorite day of the week, and not because it's the weekend. It's because of Unique Leaders Live. I can't wait for you to meet my guest, Scott Simons. He is just a treasure, and he is uh, an amazing Renaissance man, and I cannot wait for you, he to share his story. He and I met uh in real life about a month ago, and we had the great opportunity to walk around, kind of at fast pace, around Central Park's uh, jogging path. And when you're in proximity with a person, you uh, really glean that information from them about their lives. And I said, I want you on Unique Leaders. Unique Leaders basically is about the guest to share their story with you. And they say, that success leaves clues. Well, I don't like clues. I want you to have the full story. That way you can see yourself in their lives. You can go on um, YouTube right now and listen to other unique leaders' stories. And they all have compelling, very interesting, but resounding stories that will you know, pique your interest about yourself. If you wouldn't mind, I would so uh, appreciate you sharing this out on all of your social media platforms. That way, your friends, your families, your working colleagues can uh, hear Scott's story. This will also be on YouTube, so go there and subscribe because that way people will find Unique Leaders Live. And then next Tuesday, it will be on all the podcasting platforms. So you'll be able to do your workout, your jogging, whatever you're doing, and listen to Scott Simon's story. So without further ado, I would like you to meet my friend, Scott Simons. Hello, Megan. How are you? I am so good that you're here, Scott. I'm so glad that you're finally here to share your wonderful story. Thank you for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. It was a real joy to uh, get to meet with you and, uh, and others in New York City. And uh, we got to spend some time together and what a treat it was for me. And of course, you know, we're both friends of Lisa Copeland and have a lot of mutual friends. So it was uh, it was a real joy to be able to spend some time around. You. And Miss Lisa, I'm sure you saw in the intro that she's in that uh, feed there coming into Unique Leaders. So she's been a unique leader and shared her story as well. So as I shared in the intro, Scott, I really would like you to just go back to young Scott, where you were born, a little bit about, you know, the beginnings of Scott that led you to where you are today. Just share a little bit about your story. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. I sincerely appreciate it. And I admire and respect you a lot. So I saw some of these other big names that are, that have been on there and I'm like, wow, you know, so the company and the influence that you have to track these people is amazing. So uh, I'm originally from um, Southern West Virginia. Um, I'm a, I'm one of two. So there's a brother that's a doctor uh, in Texas. He got the brains and and I think he got the looks too, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, he's, he's a doctor in Texas and uh, I'm in the auto industry. But anyway, we have, uh, my parents came from pretty humble uh, beginnings. We are from the uh, poorest county in the United States of America, Mangal wow. County. However, 
we grew up, you know, probably lower to middle class, just didn't, you know, we didn't know growing up. We just knew that our parents worked very hard to uh, give my brother and I our opportunities. And my mom's Italian and my dad uh, is, they're both from Southern West Virginia. My dad's not Italian. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came, my dad, my mom was one of nine. My dad was one of nine. So apparently in Southern West Virginia, you worked at coal mines or on farms and you had babies. So apparently that's what they did. They were, they were Catholic. Maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not for sure. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, but I just saw how hard that they worked. I mean, my dad worked five jobs. My mom worked lab supervisor and they pushed my brother and I, I mean, they pushed us and pushed us and pushed us only because they cared. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up in a, in a very small house. My aunt Mary helped raise us. Um, she helped raise my mom's siblings and then she helped raise my brother and I, she was never, never married, never had a checking account, never had a driver's license. Her whole life was to serve others, which wow. you know is amazing. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. She, it, it was, it's the sacrifice that lady uh, did. And she since his past mm-hmm. uh, was, she's just a you know, servant heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my dad, of course, seeing the work ethic, my brother and I both had jobs at a very young age. We had paper routes. Uh, my dad also had us work at a community center and he always pushed us. You got to get your education. You got to get your education. You got to get your education. He wanted us both to be accountants. So, um, and being around me, I'm far from an accountant and my brother is a doctor, but you know, anyway, he pushed, when he pushed us, I started working when I was 15 at a community center. And to take you through my high school, my senior high school year, we'll kind of just sum up what our family is about. So I would get up at about four and go open up a community center. And I work at the front desk. And if doctors or lawyers or people that showed up to work out were mostly white collar and mm-hmm. if their partners didn't show up, they would say, hey, you come play. So I kind of got to play racquetball and get paid for it some mornings, not every and I would go and get ready for school. I would go to high school from like 8.30 to 11.30. I would eat lunch at high school. Then I would go to college in the afternoon and take college courses. And I started taking college courses when I was in 10th grade. Come on. We'd go to college in the afternoon, come back uh, to high school for baseball practice till about 7. And then I would go work at a fitness facility, the same one, until 10 o'clock at night. Wow. That was my... That was my senior year. I was mm-hmm. working about 60 hours a week, yeah. plus going to high school, plus going to college. And that's yeah. just all that we knew. I mean, that's just what our mm-hmm. family did. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, my dad grew up very much with a mom with a scarcity mindset. They mm-hmm. were scared. They, they, they retired multimillionaires, but my dad never made more than 32000 a year in one job. That's why he had to have five. Um, I just want to I just want to stop you for a second there because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about investments and, and compounding, you know, and uh, and one of the reasons I have been is there are many reasons to it, but one is what you shared while we were walking, which is essentially what you just shared there about your dad and your mom and their savings ethic, which is extraordinary. Yes, extraordinary. Yeah. Well, and you know, pay yourself first, you know, mm-hmm. make sure. And, and people say that, well, you know, if you own a business, what do you mean? You're just paying yourself first. No, 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 no. It means make sure that you save for your future. Mm-hmm. And my dad he had me set up an account, a savings account. And 
uh, it was in my name and his name because I think I was under age. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to charge me rent or if he's going to keep some of this money. He ended up giving me the money, but I was like, he made me put $100 a week away. And I was like, Dad, but I only made $4.50. And he goes, figure it out. You live at home. Like, you don't have any bills. What are you talking about? So he was just really, really, he was just so scared. And I learned a lot from him. But what I did learn is I didn't want to live in that scarcity mindset. Yes. I didn't want to count down days till retirement. I didn't want to clip coupons. And I remember when we would go to a buffet, that would be the only meal of the day. In fact, to this day, I would not go to a buffet because when we went, that was the only meal you were have that day. Mm-hmm. And you had to eat till basically you were beyond full. So there's certain things like that I just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a fun way to, to live life. Uh, exactly. I, I've yes. got stories I can share that I've shared with people, and they're like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'll give you an example. When we moved from our house that our aunt and my mom grew up in, mm-hmm. we sold that house. We sold it for less than, um, it was less than 15000 I think it was less than $10,000 to show you the cost of the house, like just the, the area. Mm-hmm. And we moved into a ranch house, and I'm like, cool. Like, my brother and I will get our own rooms. People, we don't have to ask why we're living with this other lady because she wasn't my grandma, but I called her grandma. And anyway, she's grandma I'm Mary. And um, <laughs> we had a we had a garage on one side, and we, he said, "Well, we're going to go turn this into like a bedroom." I was like, "Oh, cool. Maybe that will be mine." Well, no, we were turning it into apartment. And then oh, the my. other end of this ranch style house was an apartment. Well, dad had saved up enough money and paid cash for this house, which wasn't a whole lot, but that wasn't good enough. He moved in renters on both sides. Well, we know how mean children can be, mm-hmm. you know. Well, why are these people living in your house separated only by a door? That's kind of strange. And I'm like, well, you know, my dad, you know, I, he just, you know, to, to get rental income. And, you know, I just, I learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. I I'm at today if it wasn't for some of the life lessons that they taught me. But what it's taught me was save my money mm-hmm. and make sure that I prepare for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, like, give me an example. My wife and I, since we first started our first jobs, we've maxed out our 401k. Well, my first job out of college, I got my undergrad, got my master's. When I started my first job out of college, I made $28,000 a year. Well, my dad said, you're maxing out your 401k. So I lived on a couch in Charlottesville for one year because I had to survive off water and ramen noodles because I wanted, he, he made me max out my 401k. Well, I'm 48. That started when I was 23. So my wife and I, ever since then, have always maxed out our 401ks. One, it saves you in, in uh, taxes mm-hmm. Two, take advantage of compounding interest. Right. Wow. Uh, my first house we bought, you know, it was a smaller house. I moved in two renters <laughs> that paid my fixed expenses. So I did learn from him. Yes. But I did move in those renters once I had a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. So, so I didn't go that far. You know, well, come on in. You know, you stay down here, you stay here. But but anyway, um, so I did learn a lot. Um, my work ethic most definitely came from my dad. My personality came from my mom. Then um, they both are, they both are, uh, my, my, my dad's 83, my mom's 78. And uh, they've been married for 50, 55 years. So you've used the term uh, mindset uh, several times. And, you know, you have a very uh, happy heart. And so did you have to choose a positive mindset 
or do you feel it's partially that nurture nature? I mean, that it was part of you, but then also your your decision factor in yourself. Where do you think that comes from? Well, I think it came from my mom or my dad. I mean, I'm tough as nails when I need to be. Mm-hmm. I just prefer to be kind. Uh, if you give me a reason not to be, I guess it's the Italian in me. <laughs> I can get really, really, I can go zero to 60, like, or zero to 100 like that. Now, I've matured. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from where we're from, a handshake means something. When mm-hmm. you say you're going to do something, you do it. And that's the area I grew up in. And then that's just values my parents instilled mm-hmm. in us. I look for the good in people until they give me a reason to see the bad. And then if I see the bad, once they show me, I may give them another chance. And then I don't make them an enemy. I just simply just move on. Right. I, I don't, you yeah. know, I live such a fortunate life. I don't I don't have time to have hate or um, when I was immature, I did. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, they're occupying space in my brain, in my mind. I've only got so much space up there. You know, why am I going to allow somebody to occupy? So I simply just move on. I don't wish to have yeah. any ill will, even toward people that wish ill will toward me, which believe it or not, there are, there are some. Um, because not everybody's going to like you. We're not going to be for everyone. No. Sometimes when they don't like us, it's actually just because they're not happy in their own life. And I don't, I don't, I don't hold any ill will toward them at all. I just, I live such a, you know, really fortunate life that mm-hmm. I'm just so, you know, why wouldn't I be happy? I mean, we're, 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 we're healthy. Exactly. We've, been, we've seen some success, although I've got a long way to go. So there's no reason for me to be better now. I have bad days just like everybody else. Um, And there's times that I get frustrated, but most of the time my team won't know it. Now my inner team will know uh, if I'm frustrated, you know, if someone's, if something's going on, but once I walk out there, once I walk out there, it's, I'm, I'm the leader. I have to be positive. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you've mentioned your wife also a few times and, but you mentioned taking college courses in uh, senior year. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you go to a local college near, uh, did you finish in where you were going in high school? I did. Um, I, I'm from Bluefield, uh, West Virginia. I went to Bluefield High School and I went to Bluefield State High School. I was going to go to a different school, but a lot of my credits went not transfer. So mm-hmm. all the work I would have put into yeah. this school and it's, it's, um, it's crazy, but the school I went from is predominantly is black, and um, and where I'm from, to even go back a little bit further, there was most definitely segregation where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our county, in McDowell County, um, half of it was basically one section of it was completely white, the other was black, and they merged two schools together, which kind of put us together for the first time. So, mm-hmm. you know, going through that through my life, I think you know, pay dividends later in life because I got to experience some things maybe some other people didn't yeah, experience my age. Exactly. Yes, so I, did, awesome. I, I did go to Bluefield State College, and then after I went there, I got my master's from Bradford University. My wife went to Bluefield College, and then she got her uh, four-year degree at Bradford. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we met when I was uh, at that community center I was telling you about. I was working the front desk, and, uh, you know, here comes a very attractive lady yeah. She was 15 at the time. I was 17. And I, I'll say a joke on myself. I said, well, she don't have the same last name as me because the joke is everybody from West Virginia is kin. And okay. I said, she's got all of her teeth. So I don't think we're kin. She's got all her teeth and she's pretty. I might want to, you know, get her, <laughs> I might want to get her phone number out of the, um, out of the computer, which I'm sure broke some type of laws and give her a call. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually got a friend of mine to call her. 
I didn't even call her. He called her pretending he was me. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a funny story. So we've been uh, we've dated or married, uh, you know, ever since. Obviously, we broke up during high school. And, you know, you do mm-hmm. all those immature things. But uh, she is a saint. We're polar opposites. She's not really on social media. She's a very private person. She's a wonderful wife, wonderful mom. But we are the exact opposites. She wouldn't come on a podcast. She wouldn't just just not her. Mm-hmm. But I think that's actually probably a good thing because you balance each other, you know, with your life, you know, your essences and you glean from each other. I saw on social media, speaking of it, that it was your daughter's birthday yesterday. So yes. she turned 18. Yes, she turned 18. So um, I have one daughter and one son. And, uh, you know, um, children are a gift. You know, I'll say that they're a gift. And I don't have many regrets going through life. Uh I try to minimize. I mean, one, one regret I have as I get older, which I'm not sure if other people have this regret or not, is uh, one is I didn't serve in the military. Uh, two is I didn't have more children. Now, that's easy for me to say, right? <laughs> um, I probably ask my wife. There, our dogs and our other animals are just like children. Uh, you know, I you know I thought maybe maybe, maybe adopting, uh, maybe mentoring, which I do mentor some children in our community. I do give scholarships out to um, young men that go to Fishburne Military School. Our family has given over $300,000 to local military school. We've sent um, 80 80 young men from our local area to military school that either don't have a dad or or parents in the picture, Um, you know, just trying to give back. So, you know, you know, I guess toward the, you know, they're very, my daughter's in in, uh, college, my son's freshman in high school and you know looking back on it I you know I kind of wish I had more kids but again but like you said there's you're mentoring and now in your career uh you're mentoring many I'm sure uh yeah so how now you're you mentioned also that you're in the auto industry Mm -hmm. and uh, early on when you mentioned your uh brother was a doctor in Texas but um but you're highly successful in what you're doing and share a little bit about that early career into that. And then uh, with you, what you're doing today with Carter Myers automotive. Yes. Yeah, so um, I always had a dream of owning a car dealership. It's been my dream ever since I can remember. And um, I think it was because our first car we had was like a celebrity and my dad bought it for a couple hundred bucks and he took it to the boat school and they fixed it as their project. So in some areas, folks are looking for cars to fix projects. They're not typically owned by people. <laughs> so we owned it, had them fix it for free because it was wrecked. And then we drove it. And I remember seeing a guy, he was a gentleman, that was driving there, like a brand new car, had nice looking clothes. And I'm like, what's, what's, what's he do? He sells cars. He gets to drive a new car. Yeah. Then they think they make good money too. So hmm, that's interesting, you know, because I was thinking what career could I get into where you can make unlimited income, um, where I could dictate what I make uh, mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on my abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, you have real estate, you have automobile sales. I love cars. I'm a car nut. Um, I, I love the excitement of seeing people purchase cars, you know, because it is exciting. Second to a home, it's your second major purchase. So. Mm-hmm. Um, a funny story about the county. 
So my dad had an accounting friend that did well. So my dad said, I want you and your brother to be accountants. My brother started. And, you know, first two years of college, you're just doing basic studies. The third year, when you go into that that accounting, it gets real. Like, it, that's when the real hard work starts. Mm-hmm. My brother got in it, and my dad was very forceful. So my brother finished. He finished a four-year degree in three three years with a 3.8 GPA. Wow. And But he hated it. He hated it. He hated everything about it. And I know hate's a strong word, but he was not happy. He was literally studying and crying. Like he just despised, he just didn't like it. So he finished though, because he didn't want to let my dad down. Mm-hmm. And so we go to my brother's graduation and my dad says, are, are you ready to go sit for a CPA exam? My brother goes, no, I'm going to go to medical school. Oh, wow. Well, you thought my brother had done shot him in the face or chest. Like my dad was like, you're going to do what? What? Like, you, you, you graduated in accounting. You, you, wait a minute. What do you mean you're not going to go? And I'm sitting there like, uh-oh. You know, how's this going to turn out? I'm like, well, I started thinking, if he gets away with this, I'm going to tell him I don't want to be here. Not right now. Because I didn't want to be an accountant. Um, so my brother took a year, got his prerequisites, and then went to medical school. So he's an accounting undergrad medical doctor. And wow. Great wow. Oh. So after my first two years of completion, which only took me two and a half years to finish a four-year degree. I said, Dad, I don't want to be an accountant. I'm not an accountant at all. So um, I told him after I graduated with my master's degree, I'll get in the auto industry. Megan, you should have seen his face. I bet. Oh, my God. You're going to do what? I said, I'm going to go sell <laughs> He said, why? And I said, well, you know, because that's what I want to do, Dad. I want to own a car dealership one day. Well, why did you go to school? You could have went. Years ago, like, you, why go away? I said, Dad, nobody can ever take it away from me. I proved I could do it. And so I went, took that job making 28000 a year when a lot of people were making substantially more, learned how to read credit bureaus, took my first job selling cars, worked my way into finance at the first dealership, which in the auto industry, you go through the progression. Mm-hmm. You have variable operations, which is sales, or mm-hmm. fixed operations, which is parts of service. Most people's career trajectory goes through the sales end, you know, not necessarily fixed ops. Although there are some fixed ops people that are general managers. So you start off selling cars, then you go into finance, sales management, general sales management, general manager, managing partner, uh, dealer principal, which is our CEO, Liza Borges, is where I'm with you know, for the last 11 years. Mm-hmm. So I started off selling cars, was successful, went into finance, went in from finance, I went to finance director, skipped the steps and went to general manager. So my first general manager position, um, non-ownership was about 60, I was early thirties, which mm-hmm. is pretty, back then it was pretty unheard of. There's people yeah. that was definitely late twenties, early thirties that are general managers now. But back then it was not really, that was not really heard of. And I think it was probably right around 30 and uh, just worked in only a couple stores. And I figured out a couple of things the manufacturers were looking for. Cause I knew what I wanted to accomplish. I had to do a lot of new, sell a lot of new cars. So every store I went to, I focused on helping sell new cars. So if I had a customer with like credit issues or needed help, it may have been more, I may have made more money selling a used car, but I put them on new cars. One, because I want to do his best for them. Two, 
I wanted to sell a bunch of new cars to make a name for myself and serve the community. Mm-hmm. So I went to stores and automatically they went from their sales went up because of the team and because of my focus. I, I had such good relationships with banks that I could get pretty much anybody oh, approved. I see. I see. Anybody approved. But I sent them all the business too. So it was a win-win. Sure. So I used that and then I knew we had to have high CSI and I knew that I had to build a team, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, 11, 11 and a half years ago or so, Liza Borges and her dad, a mutual friend, got us together. They mm-hmm. had watched my career. They knew what I had done and they offered me an opportunity of a lifetime. So in 2010, I bought into my first car dealership, Wonderful. Uh, which was, I was 37 at the time. Wow. Since then, building a good team, mm-hmm. we have, uh, I have, w- with Liza, CMA, we've acquired a total of five. So I'm a partner in five. All in the five that I manage are all in one area. I have about 175 employees and they're separate buildings. So I could walk to each one. Like right now I'm, oh. in, the, I'm in the Honda store. I see. Uh-huh. And Liza just now acquired some more. She's up. When I came aboard at the first store, I think we had only, I don't know, seven, eight stores, eight stores. Now she's got up to 20. Wow. Yeah. And she, let me tell you something, Megan, she is, I know, you know, her through clubhouse and through Lisa Copeland and mm-hmm. yes. Lundy. Mm-hmm. That's a lady that needs to be on the show. Oh, she, yes. Yes. She, uh, she yes. is remarkable, remarkable yes. human being. Um, we have an ESOP to show you what type of person she is. But you and I talked about this. Um, she shares 10% of the net profit of the stores with the staff. Okay. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's, and that goes into the stock option plan. And that stock has doubled, uh, has doubled every seven years. Mm-hmm. So, so it's had a 12% return a year on average, some, some years more. No, that's unheard of. I mean, it's just, you know, the model, of course, we know of, you know, the Southwest model, the ownership model. But um, to listen to you, not just you, Scott, but just in general, uh, because, of course, Glenn Lundy, you know, is 800% clubs, uh, speaks highly of not only Liza, but, you know, the whole company. And... Um, I have said to myself, honestly, maybe I should go work for you guys. We would love it. I think I would. would. Because I love building teams. I love, you know, I don't know. I'm just praying about all this. I really. We would love We would love to host a visit for sure. I mean, hearing your story and your success was amazing to hear. And I I love hearing success stories. And I love hearing driven people that, uh, you know, that that are successful, but also humble. Yeah, and that really, I think that the commonality is also uh, the team. Like I'm sitting here with my team. I couldn't do this, you know, by myself. And um, I mean, I can do this part, but not the whole program. And uh, to make, you know, I've always said, build a team and the team will build your business. Uh, But you have to be the leader of that team. And without that, so it's a common, it's that joint venture so to speak so um so now you've been there now and uh, for what 15 you said 16 years uh, i've been with liza and cma 11 this is my 11th year 11 years mm-hmm. and um and but you also are because again how your mindset was developed and what you uh learned from that compounding you're now also in investing meaning oh, you're yeah. going not beyond, but combining it with your entire 
uh, structure you and your wife are building an, a really your empire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we. Um, I've learned from Grant Cardone. Uh, you know, I have a lot of mentors. I have a lot of. I mean, Carter Myers is a mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. Miles is a mentor of mine. Um, Grant Cardone, uh, Ed Milette, uh Danielle Delgado, mm -hmm. um, and I learn from them different things. And yes. one thing that Grant Cardone taught me years ago, and I've known Grant for over 20 years, he's a friend of mine, is do not have money sitting around, you know, put that money in investments that provide cash flow back. Then I got around really smart people and I just listened, like, what, what are you involved in? And my strategy has always been financial security, um, uh, freedom, um, not, not getting involved in deals where I, you could lose in any deal, but my deals typically are what's the return going to be? Not am I going to lose? Like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have made a lot of money off Bitcoin, NFTs, different things. If, if I can't explain it, I don't look at the shiny object. Now, I know a lot of people have made a lot of money. I'm not saying anything negative about them at all. Mm -hmm. I just don't know it. I'd rather do real estate, other businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so by learning from these other people, we formed a company called Simons Enterprises, Inc., which is my family company. This is something I could pass to my children. So mm -hmm. my wife works with me. My two children work with me. So okay. all the entities that we part own, which I think it's over 20 now, outside of the car dealerships, oh. roll into our S-Corp. And then we have a fully functioning entity that can be passed on. Um, so I, I own a part of an antique mall, sports complex, fitness facilities, um, organic chicken company, uh, pharmaceutical company. I'm invested in a lot of different things. I meet really good people. Mm -hmm. I just simply say, hey, I even said it to you when I met you. And do you remember? Hey, Megan, if there's any opportunities that come up in the future that you think you and I can collaborate on. Exactly, Scott. On, let me know. And typically what people will say, which is what you said, is, hey, absolutely. And keep me in mind also. Exactly. And that one little phrase. Now, do I say that to everybody? No. If they don't align with me mm -hmm. and, and I don't have a good feeling about it, I'm not going to say that to everybody. Mm -hmm. But I even said it to you because I had spent enough time with you to know you're a genuine person that I would do business with. Thank you. So when I get around those people, I say that. Megan, you would not believe it. You may not call me next week, but next year. But if you think of something and say, like, you've got this opportunity, let me bounce it by Scott or let me see what he thinks. Or if there's an opportunity for me to get involved in, I'll give you an example. By being kind to people, I've had people let me in opportunities just because they like me. I had a guy that, that is worth a lot of money, a lot of money. And he is in this one investment that is projected at 25 to 40 times multiple. And this guy is worth, and he said, Scott, tell you what I'm going to do. I said, what's that, buddy? He said, I'm going to take 25,000 of my investment and I'm going to sell it to you at what I paid for it. And I said, why, why would you do that? He said, because I like you. And I said, well, thank you. So I told somebody about it, not his name. They're like, well, he must think it's a bad deal. I said, you just don't get it. So you don't get it. This guy's worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I sold him a vehicle, took care of him, mm -hmm. and became friends with the man. I genuinely liked the man. I've learned a ton from the man. And he just simply, now 25,000 times a 25 to 40 time multiple, 
that's pretty good chunk of change. Absolutely. Yes. All, all because he liked me, but that's not the first time someone's done that for me. Right. Right. But you know, the thing that, well, first off, I've been thinking and I'm creating. So I just want you to know that. I know you I've been thinking. Yes. Well, you are. I've There's been thinking. Return and I can tell. I I've can been thinking. It. I can feel it whenever I am. Whenever I correspond with you or at Clubhouse or I, I'm even on stage with you, you may not be talking, I feel it. I promise you, I feel it. So, so, so just stay tuned. Okay, but what I wanted to share with this piece is that most people are um, aware, obviously, whether they have invested or not in mutual funds or the stock market or different things, but those are very abstract. They are not real life, so to speak. Everything you have invested in or got involved in, this is what I want our guests to hear, are with people that you know, like, and trust, and and they know, like, and trust you, and therefore you can personally be involved in these businesses. Whether you're daily involved in them, no, but your uh, your heart and your business acumen is. For, for sure. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I'm, it's the individual, first and foremost. Yeah. Who is the person? Because if you have a special individual like yourself or these other su superhumans I'm partnered with, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to figure it out. Right. The smart people figure it out. Exactly. So I would bet on the person before I would the idea. Now, a lot of yeah. people totally disagree with me on that, and I get it. I understand, but this is mm -hmm. how it works out for me. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm. people don't align with me and they're about um, not solving a problem or serving somebody and it doesn't mm -hmm. come from a servant heart, then mm -hmm. you know, I'm not interested. Um, a lot of the projects that I decide not to get involved in, I just don't have a good feeling, a gut feeling mm -hmm. about it. I, mm -hmm. I don't do every deal that comes my way. Certain people, as soon as they call, what you got? Okay, where I need to wire it. Well, wait a minute, let me explain. No, right. okay. like, I'm good. Where I need to go? Where, where, what are we doing? You know, just because I've known for a while, yes. and my best yes. interest. Like I've done deals with Grant Cardone. I, right. I've really diversified my portfolio. Mm -hmm. so I'm not in any one. A lot of people would have took the money I made and maybe bought their own dealership or um, put it all in automotive. Everything mm -hmm. I've invested in is outside of automotive. Yeah, I can see that. As they say, you've diversified. You know, you've mentioned Grant. I don't want this to be going to Grant, but I do, as I shared in the intro, as well as to you, as uh, you know, Scott, personally, I want our guests to be able to hear your life and hear themselves and see themselves in this. And one of the things that you've said very loud and clear, and you've mentioned Grant a few times, but you've also mentioned mentors. Uh, and he, one of the things I have uh, enjoyed, I would say, about Clubhouse is Grant Cardone mm -hmm. and his sincerity and how he pops in these. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know what Clubhouse is, it is an audio app. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much worthwhile to check out. But Grant is such a generous person, is he not, in his heart and his information? Yeah, I've known Grant for over uh over 20 years, I knew him when he was not involved in real estate, really, and was selling CDs out of the back of a car. Mm -hmm. And he is a genuine person, for sure. Yeah. I know the real Grant Cardone. Now, you know, to get exposure, to get attention, you've got to, you, I mean, I, of course, if, if of we course. have this conversation and if I don't touch on a few things that may be controversial or if I'm not, if I'm just honest, if I sit here and just tell what, but I feel like you want to hear and just everything smooth sailing. Not many people would listen to what I have to say, but people know that I'm going to speak 
my, my truth. I'm going to stick to my truth, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. Grant mm-hmm. is in a space where he, he, he is, um, he is, he needs to, he needs to garner attention. Um, not, but he's a very genuine person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say this. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't learn things from Grant that he taught me and mm-hmm. that, that I did employ, that I did go and take action on. Mm-hmm. You know, mentors are extremely, and, I, and I, there was a lot of times I've not paid him anything. You know, I'll tell you, my shift switched for me. Mm-hmm. My life really took off when I was very successful through for because I was so driven but there was times that I made mistakes. And some of the mistakes I made was I, I, I was really focused on my goals and not everybody else's around me. Mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Their goals have to fit within my goals. So we're all in uniform and moving forward. So that's a mistake uh, that I most definitely made. Um, and like the advice also that Grant, et cetera, give, I don't, I don't agree with everything everybody says. I take the part out of the thing exactly. and apply it toward me. Yes. And when he said, hey, you need to invest your money in cash flowing things back, that's something that I took to heart. Um, and, you know, what keeps me going is one is a fear of failure. That's why you say, well, Scott wins enough, enough. It's a question I get a lot of times. I, one, I feel like I've got so much more to accomplish. I feel like I really haven't accomplished nowhere close to what I could do. Am I thankful? Yes. But I'm nowhere close to where I want to be or can or, or can be, you know. But when you go and you invest all your money, and your wife calls you and says, "Where's all our money?" and you look in your bank account, and there's no money in there. It just constantly puts your back against the wall, so you stay hungry. So when that money is invested, and I go invest in a lot of these, it's not like I say, "Hey, Megan, you and I just got through putting this deal together. Mm-hmm. Well, I sent you this money. Can I have my money back?" As you and I well know, it doesn't doesn't work like that. Okay, Cardona, I want my X amount of dollars back. Mm -hmm. So that pressure is another thing that he taught, you know, that I applied. So when I go and talk to these people about these deals, Mm -hmm. and once my account builds up to X amount of dollars, I deploy it. I've already talked to five or six people. Mm -hmm. So your opportunity may be number one. Billy's opportunity is number two. Mm-hmm. opportunity is number three. And then once that account builds up, I deploy. And then I look at my bank account. I'm like, oh, man, i got to get back to work. i got to stick with what I know. Mm-hmm. You to hustle because that feeds everything else that I do. Mm-hmm. It's pressure. I tell you, Megan, I had uh, deals that I worked on for a couple of years. And in 2020, part of income for business owners was held up, especially dividends. So it was not, it was frowned upon if you declare dividends receiving any type of funds. So we did not declare any dividends. Well, that's about half of my pay. Well, mm. I went through and asked all these people for these opportunities. Well, Megan, fourth quarter of 2020, my phone just kept ringing. Hey, I'm, I'm ready. I know you've been asking for a couple of years. Phone <laughs> call two, phone call three, phone call four. And I'm like, and these are like top four out of like 10 I've got working. But when they call, as you know, Dustin, wire that money within 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. If I don't wire it, Victor going to call me in the future. Mm-hmm. If I say, hey, I know I've been talking to you, Megan, about this deal for two years. When we first started walking around Central Park 
<laughs> and now, Scott, I'm calling you two years later and you don't have the money. One, you're going to think I'm a fraud. Two, you're not going to call me in the future. And guess what? You may even get frustrated enough to maybe share that around a dinner table sometimes when my name comes up. It's human nature. You probably wouldn't, but some would. Sure. I wouldn't say that I blame them. Well, I had, you know, invested a lot of my money, and, and that fourth quarter, I had to come up with seven figures. I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it readily available sitting around. I never would have had that much anyway, but sitting around, it's all mm-hmm. invested. So let me tell you something. That was a lot of pressure. So, well, and, I, and I got it done. I had to call some notes that I do some hard money lending and do some things. I had to call some favors of some people. Say, hey, I, could you pay me back a little bit earlier? People did. I had to liquidate a car loan. You know, some people started rumors said, oh, Scott, he's, he sold his Lamborghini. He's going down. No, I used it to invest in in a three real estate deals. Exactly. But, you know, I said, exactly. so I invested in three apartment complex. Uh, we bought an accounting firm building and leased it back. And we bought a newspaper building. And I've been working on those deals. So I saw that car sitting there paid for it. And I said, I love the car, but I love this deal better. Exactly. I sold it within two hours. My wife mm-hmm. goes, why did you sell your car? <laughs> I said, she said, I knew you were going to sell us. I, I had to. And I'm okay with it. I, she said, you love that car. I said, I'll get another one. And if exactly. You, it's okay. It's a car. No. But it's funny because some people will sit and see that and say, oh, he's done overextended himself. He's good. That was actually said. And when people care about you, they'll go back. And I just kind of just laughed about it and said, it's okay. People can say whatever they want to say. Yes. I mean, the uh, haters will always be there and it does not matter because they are, you know, just are they doing what you're doing? No. So it really is a a personal thing. Wow. You know, all I can think about as we're speaking, uh, you're sharing and we're uh, talking about uh, your business life, your life, your personal life. You need to write a book, my friend, um, because you have um, a formula that truly is very special and very unique and it really needs to be shared. I, I, I agree. And I, you know, I've talked to some people about it and I just need to, I need to bear down and, and do it. I need to just yeah, do yeah. it. I've had, I've had quite a few people, uh, you know, especially the area I've come from, from, you know, we give, I think some hope, you know, yeah. to, to some yeah. people. Um, yes. I, I trust me. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But no, I think none of us good. are, but you're, you're Scott Simons that they know. You know, and that, wow, if he can do that. So it really is that uh, and how you've shared this today is so easy to follow and listen, you know, to uh, clearly see yourself in the um, structure. But the one thing I will say that I have and I heard this loud and clear that day walking around Central Park is that and and I'm going to give your father a little credit for this. Um, is that he may have been hard and, you know, harsh and maybe not, you know, uh, done it the way that it would have been um, more pleasant. But, wow, in your own way, your brother and you have been so successful in that follow through, that that follow through is just so, so strong and so admirable. It's really. Yeah, he he just said, you know, whatever you decide to do, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And, you know, when, when, when I'll tell you this, it, it's a heavy burden to carry. I'll say this, mm-hmm. but when someone sacrifices for you and if you truly care and you're a good person, you owe it to them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I owe it. 
to them mm-hmm. to try to strive, try to strive to be the best version of me, failing often in all aspects of life. It's never ending. Like uh, Malet is big on this. You know, when you meet mm-hmm. when you meet the Maker, meet God, well, you even resemble that person. Yes, that He envisions you to be, and those are based on decisions that you make. Yeah, and uh, and I, you know, my, my parents gave up so much for my brother and I. What what they gave up would go in vain if I didn't truly try to do the best yeah. I possibly could do, and that, that, that that's a burden you carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, but that's a pressure I feel, you know, every single day because I know what they gave up for us. Well, you've done good, my my friend. You've done good. You. I'm sure, and I'm sure they're proud as proud of both you guys i'm yeah. sure that's i'm sure that's so even though you're not an accountant uh, <laughs> that's right that's even right. though i've got a couple of them you know exactly i've got a couple attorneys too and uh, exactly and i've got and i've gotten luckily i've got good ones you know um I, that's not my expertise no that's a that's a true like uh, anointing that's for sure yeah, for sure well, well, as we, I hate to end our time together, but as we uh, wind down here, I ask everyone the same question, Scott. And it basically is from Sharon Lecter and uh, Greg Reed's book, Three Feet from Gold. It's one of my favorites and of Sharon's and Greg's. And, you know, it's it's fiction with a little autobiographical of uh, Greg Reed uh, in the storyline, but the, the beginning story is a fiction for our guests that might, might not know about a guy from the East Coast during the a gold rush days, went west, bought a piece of land, started chiseling away, had a gold fever, and was very discouraged, you know, would go into town, moan the blues, and then finally gave up. And a townie bought the property and in three feet struck gold. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Yes. So that is that start and don't stop until you complete the mission. But Sharon, in the book, in the body of the book, and then it goes into modern day with a a fictitious character, but it was somewhat modeled by Greg's story. And she has her, what she calls the success formula. And it is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of them, Uh but... What is your passion and what is your talent? Um, you know, I would say that uh, my talent is I'm a, I'm a connector of people. I can relate to people um, that I, I genuinely care about people. Um, you, you can't really fake that. Um, I want I don't understand sometimes like I don't understand why people don't want the best for themselves. Mm-hmm. But and I've made that mistake before. I try to manage people as though they were me, and they're not. I had mm-hmm. to get the best version of them, yes. not the best version of me, which that is a mistake that I would make. So, you know, I, I genuinely care about people. Um, you know, passion. You know, I just want to. I've always wanted to make my parents proud. You know, I, I know that they. Uh, I know that they are because they tell me. But you know, it, my passion is their sacrifice. I, I just know how much they sacrifice for me. And, mm. you know, my, I, I, my uh, goal is to pay it forward, not give my children things, but push them to be the best versions of them. Mm. And I can tell you, I, 
my wife and I have not pushed our children like we were pushed. I think part of it would be a little bit socially unacceptable, you know, at this time, based on how I was raised. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when my Aunt Mary would whip my rear end, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't with the brown switch. It was with the green switch. And when uh, okay. we go get that green switch, too, if you ever try to get a green switch, it's green because it's still connected to something. And exactly. So you're sitting there struggling, trying to get it off, and you could obviously pick up the brown one, but as soon as she broke it across your butt, you had to go back and get the green one anyway. Well, that was it was just as hard getting the switch off than what she would do. Oh my! So you know, it, it's it's just you know, um, you know, I just want to make them. I just want to make them proud. I want yeah. people to say my name, and I tell you what, I want to be remembered as. Yeah. I share yeah. this with people. I want to be remembered as if you've got to make one phone call, and only one phone call. That you would that you would call me if you needed help. That I would be the person to receive that one phone call. That's what love that's that. that's what I want my legacy to be. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Love you. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining my my life and also our guests. So if you would just hang out in the green room for a few minutes as I close, and I'll see you in a few minutes. But again, thank you so very much, Scott, for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. It's been a real honor, and thank you so much. Wow. Well, we're in the studio, but this is in real life. I don't know if you hear the phone ringing. Uh, This is the office of Novitas Bog Clinical Products. But thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today. And wow, what a what a blessing. I hope you folks not only listen to this, listened to this today, but again, listen to this on YouTube, on podcasting, on all the platforms, because he Scott truly shared some very, very important information about success. Really, as Sharon calls it her success formula, I would say this is as much a success formula as Sharon's. And it it really ties together with Sharon Lecter's success formula of passion plus talent times association times action plus faith. Uh, That is really Scott Simons. I really admire uh, not only you, but... how you've applied everything that you've learned, Scott. So thank you. But today, folks, I truly ask you to share this out on social media, on all your platforms. It's on all my Facebook pages, Megan DiMartino, as well as Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And then next Tuesday, as I shared, will be on all the uh, podcasting platforms. You know, my uh, websites are megandemartino.com and novitaspa.com. And I wrote a book and it kind of fits into um, Scott's story and it's called Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And in between the lines, Scott shared that. It is truly never too early or too late. So know that. And last year, when we were all uh, home, I put it uh, no charge. It is on Amazon, but it's no charge on the MeganDiMartino.com. So go there, and it, it shares my story of hope and possibilities. So till next Friday, another unique leader will join us. Thank you so much for being here, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. 
And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.